welcome to the Wilder Outdoors podcast, where you'll get the inspiration and information you need to have great outdoor adventures with your family. I'm Rob, your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. In today's episode, I chat with Matt and Kristen Ballantine, and they are just a really cool family. Uh, I met them through my friends, the Alcivars, and Matt and Kristen have some really wonderful and inspiring outdoor adventures with their family. Today we talk about all of that. We talk about backpacking with five-year-olds. We talk about hiring a dog sledding guide service during the winter and winter camping in Minnesota, plus everything in between for how someone who wants to do these sorts of things with their families can do it, no matter the age of your kids. So a really great conversation, one you won't want to miss. Now before we start, if you could do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast, it would help me out a ton. And if you like it, please leave it a good review. Now, in today's conversation, you'll hear quite a bit about safety, and I've put together a free resource for you, essential gear to take with you every time you go into the outdoors. And this is the gear that I bring uh, myself anytime I go into the outdoors, whether it's just me or with my kids. And unfortunately, I've been in some, some pretty scary situations, but because of the things that I bring with me and the preparation that I've taken before I go on the trip, thankfully, those scary situations have not become dangerous situations. So I want to offer that to you for free. It's at www.wilderoutdooracademy.com safety. Again, that's wilderoutdooracademy.com safety. So with that, let's start today's episode. Hi, everyone. Today I have Matt and Kristen Ballantine with me, and they are some good friends of uh, some regulars on this podcast, Tom and Steph Alcivar, and they live a really interesting and exciting life in the outdoors with their family. So I wanted to bring them on today and have a chat and uh, share that with you guys. So Matt and Kristen, thanks for joining me. You bet. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you and I have spoken a little bit, but tell folks about yourselves, about your family, and, you know, sort of what you guys do in the outdoors. Well, um, I guess about about ourselves, uh, you know, me and Matthew, I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist, but I work here in the Twin Cities, and, you know, I spend a lot of time working with kids. In fact, that's where my main focus is, working with kids and adolescents and whatnot, and uh, um, that's where I spend my, my daytime, and I'm really passionate about that, and absolutely love it. Um, and, uh, I guess in the evenings and on the weekends, those are times when, um, trying to get out and explore, explore nature in any way, usually on, you know, summertime, it's bike, mountain bike, road bike, gravel riding, races, all sorts of things, uh, to hiking, to dog park, whatever it may be. And then in the wintertime, it's cross country skiing or ice skating and just doing everything we can just to, just to get outside and have fun. And, Oftentimes the adventures are with the family or with the kids, and I guess with the family, if we can all coordinate our schedules together, but we really make it a point to try to get out as much as we can, all four of us. And and I guess saying four of us, we've got two kids, um, Zoe and Sam, and uh, they're 13 and 10, and they're outdoor lovers too. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Kristen, and Matt and I have been married for 20 years. Um, I work as a physician assistant uh, at uh, a local clinic here as well and um, do family medicine. And I um, did not grow up doing outdoor adventures. Um, I got into that more when I met Matt. And one of our first um, dating you know, adventures was going camping up to the North Shore. And, and that kind of triggered, I think, uh, all the, the fun adventures that we had yet to come and, and didn't even know about. So that was really 
amazing. I um, really love swimming. I have been an avid swimmer since I was seven, and I swim competitively. And then, um, but just recreationally as well, too. I had recently joined an outdoor lake uh, swimming group in Minneapolis this past summer and really got back into swimming and then just joined a master's group here where we live. And um, and I just really appreciate that. And I'm also going to do the point-to-point swim uh, from in Wisconsin out to Madeline Island, Island and Apostle Island. Um, we try, I, I call it, I like the acronym SAT therapy, which is uh, <laughs> fresh air therapy um, and going outdoors and doing as much as we can. I, I think that is just kind of our daily meditation or, or weekend life that we like to have. And, and we hope we are rubbing off on our kids to enjoy that as well. I love that fresh air therapy. Um, so it, it's interesting, you know, cause if, if I listen to your story, Kristen, like you, you may not have started like always in the outdoors, but it sounds like your, your passions, especially swimming have transitioned into almost outdoor versions, uh, of that. And so I'm thinking about when you guys met and your first date was, you know, on on a camping trip, what was that like? Was it, was it easy to, to blend together? Was a little shocking? How'd that go? Um, it was, it was really fun. Um, I actually had no idea what to expect, especially going all the way up to the North shore, um, and going in a tent, uh, but we had the most magical time. It was around October, I believe. And um, we did a bunch of hiking and it was raining, um, but we had the best time. We actually, one of my favorite stories with that is back in the day, um, there was a random telephone booth out in the middle of nowhere and it just started pouring. And we ended up in this little telephone booth and Matt, of course, is always so savvy with his camping gear. He whipped out his camping stove and we had macaroni and cheese inside a telephone booth in the middle of nature. <laughs> so yeah, we were sitting uh, yeah. right on top of, you know, it's a big parking lot now, but, uh, you know, 22 years ago, it wasn't mm-hmm. big, but it was basically a cushion mountain just outside of Grand Marais. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and that's, I mean, as the years went on, we progressed more um with camping and then we started having kids um and that you know presented some challenges i think as well too but we didn't give up every year we we tried well so. i still remember our first backpacking trip or our camping trip with zoe yeah at a local state park and at the time we were living in chicago and mm-hmm. we had our tent and pack and play and all the baby gear with us and oh my gosh that was an interesting experience but we did it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, will feel like kids pull you back, right? And and I think in some ways they do. Um, and I mean, I'll, my my experience with it is I think they actually open up new opportunities if you invest in it long enough over time. Um, but what what was that like for you guys as you're sort of building this life together? You're in the outdoors, you're doing these hard things, and then all of a sudden you have a kid which I'm assuming it was, it was hard for me. I'm assuming it's hard for most people. And then you decide to continue this journey of hard things in the outdoors. What were like, what was the experience of bringing, you know, your first child along with you? Like, well, I think first uh, on that, you know, the idea of kids pulling you back, I think that 
living a life being um, married and having no children uh, for, for several years. We were married for quite a few years before we had kids. And, um, and there was a lot of freedom in that. So I think initially getting used to having kids, it sort of can feel like being pulled back. But I think really it's not being pulled back. It's just sort of shifting the focus and how you do things. Um, so I think that keeping kids in mind and still wanting to pursue outdoor activities, it just more or less required an adjustment that sort of led to adaptation and being able to then learn how to do the outdoors differently. You know, we had to shift our expectations mm -hmm. and figure out new ways of doing things. You know, we couldn't maybe be quite as extreme as we had been beforehand. We couldn't go out quite as long or quite as far, things like that. But, um, but the real defining nature of our nature adventure was really just being outdoors together. And so I think being able to reframe that and figure out how can we do this and still do this with kids and be able to um, really make it a family adventure was, was the main focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was just reframing everything, like Matt had said, without uh, maybe not doing your six-mile hike, but you are going to do a one-mile hike you know, walk because the kids are hungry or their legs are tired or you're bjorning them, right? Or, or backpacking them as well too. And, um, and that was okay because then we kind of were able to sit and be in the moment a lot too with, nope, we're going to sit on this rock and we're going to watch all the birds or we're going to throw, you know, rock target rock practice at something or we're going to learn how to do a campfire. Um, and the safety of that, right, and, and pieces that the kids kind of just naturally grew up and eventually started learning as well, too. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, for myself, it was a slowing down to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. You know, as Kristen said, sitting on a rock and kind of just investigating something in a, you know, few feet around you or throwing rocks at a tree for a little while and just tossing them in the lake or you know, walking and walking and walking, and all of a sudden we're stopping to look for grasshoppers or frogs mm. or whatever. You know, my uh, my general, um, I guess, attitude <laughs> towards towards things uh, has, has has been. I'm probably a little bit more on the, the uh, intense side. I guess I like to go big distances. I like to go fast. I like to get remote and things like that. So for me, it was a real shift in being able to, I guess, slow down and instead of focusing more on those aspects, it was really focusing on the journey. And that was definitely one way I think in which kids helped helped me change too. And I, yeah, I adapted more. I feel like with having kids um, and kind of starting my, my outdoor adventure journey a little later in life, I feel like I was able to grow more and become more confident. Um, and it led to so many different things that I never thought I would do because you know, my kids wanted to do things with me outdoors and I had to figure out how to take them backpacking by myself because my daughter wanted to do a solo backpacking trip and I was like okay this is happening um <clears throat> so just just fun things like that so it's, it's definitely opened up a lot of avenues right and I think that's a great transition because you know you <laughs> you obviously started with throwing rocks um and I know a little bit about your story but um you know your kids aren't that old they're you know you've, you've got a teenager and they're already asking to do 
you know, solo backpacking trips. So how, how did you go from, I mean, that's like zero to 11 pretty fast, um, in terms of, you know, the, the pace of your outdoor adventures. So what, what was it like to grow as a family in terms of, of what you're doing together? Cause I know you guys do some really crazy things. Well, not crazy, but you know, adventurous, we'll say adventurous. <laughs> I um I, I would say the transition came because I my comfort level for a very long time was what we deem car camping, um, where we go to a site and everything's in the car and then we unload. We, we've always been in a tent um, and we've always uh, had um, camping pads and, and everything as well. We never did mattresses. It really wasn't too much glamping. Um, but so that was my comfort level for a very long time. Um, but Matt... Um, I think what, when Zoe turned five, she, um, that, that was kind of a big transition point for us. So it was five years old. All of a sudden we opted, okay, we're going to do one-on-one trips with the kids and Matt, uh, and, and Zoe loved camping. And so they actually went backpacking, um, by themselves for the first time. It was an overnight and, and you can explain more about that. And then I did a side adventure because Sam was only three at that point in time, but. Um, that's, I think, when it kind of started is mm-hmm. when we did, we broke off and, and we do that every year now to this day, but um, one-on-one trips. But that's when it started was the backpacking by ourselves with the kids. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so, so it was at that time, but when Zoe was five, so about seven, seven years ago or so, we decided to do those one-on-one trips. And it was basically, Kristen would take one of the kids and I would take the other one. And then, you know, at another weekend down, down the road, we would swap. and um, and so, you know, when Zoe was five, we started doing a lot of, a lot of camping, a lot of backpacking, uh, and things like that. And I remember one trip specifically, I took her up to the, to the North, North Shore on the Lake Superior hiking trail, kind of dear to my heart in a lot of ways. Um, so it was just a pleasure to be able to enjoy that with Zoe. Um, and so we started doing, I think we did a, I think we did two nights. Mm-hmm. I think our first weekend out five years old and we did two nights and basically I parked the car at one spot and then set up a ride with the Superior Hiking Trail Shuttle Association and um, you know we hiked our, our two days and I don't remember exactly how far we went you know but uh, um, but we did it and she did it and she did great and I remember when we got to the van at the trailhead where they picked us up the guy looked at us and he said how far did you go I said we've been out for, for, for two nights and he goes I think that she is the youngest person I've ever given a ride to in my life. Wow. You know, and so, but I think ever since then, you know, we've been doing our, our yearly trips and whether it's backpacking and now recently we did a bike touring trip and even beyond that, we did a mountain bike trip. So yeah. and with Sam, it's mm-hmm. all sorts of other activities too. Yeah. Sam is our, our car camper, but he, he will hike. For fries, for French fries, <laughs> for, for motivation. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is I eventually graduated. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go one on one with Zoe, um, and we went to Willow River uh, overnight by ourselves, just car camping, and we did that. And I was like, oh, I can do this. So, um, Anna just, you know, she loves it so much, and I think just having, you know, that kind of female empowerment and role model. And um, she brought out a lot in me that I never thought I, I could do on my own as well, too. And so it kind of goes both ways. I was learning and becoming more confident. Um, 
and then most recently we just went uh, this past year uh, we did a three or four day uh, backpacking trip up up north in Oberg Mountain area. So um, that was our first real deep dive into it. We just had the best time. We learned, lived and learned if it rained or mosquitoes or um, whatever it was. Uh, we, we played cards. I mean, it just was a way to kind of unlock, you know, some real family value time, I think. So um, we, uh, we are, I, I'm very grateful for that piece. But I think the biggest thing with backpacking is we started um, over COVID, right? When we did kind of this, we were like, nope, we're not going to car camp because all the tent sites and everyone thinks they want to learn how to camp this year. And it was just kind of a mess. And we're like, nope, we're going to get as far away as we can. And we did some really fun backpacking um, trips. And we, we didn't have to go very far. I think that's the biggest thing that we realized. Uh, even like one to two miles in gets you off. The, you know the beaten trail um and away from people right yeah very much mm-hmm. very much yeah it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to be grand you don't have no. to put your canoe in some you know now you can the boundary waters and go in for 12 miles you know i mean you can mm-hmm. you can hike for a couple of miles and get to a place where you are seemingly in the middle of nowhere and it really doesn't take too much mm-hmm. a little bit of planning but uh but yeah. not too much yeah. yeah. So speak to that a little bit, the, the planning piece, right? Um, and I, I imagine it's different for younger kids and for older kids, but I'd, I'd love to just personally glean your insights about what do I need to do to get my six-year-old, you know, out on the trail and, and backpacking with me? Cause I'd do that tomorrow if I could. We, we start, I, and I'll give Matt all the credit for this cause he is the planner. Um, but I, I will just say it's just kind of an intro to that piece. Um, we started with very small, um, little, little backpacks because they were tiny. They were, you know, five and seven. And, um, so, and all they would carry is maybe their stuffy, right? And some snacks, um, when we backpacked. And Matt and I would carry everything. And we want to make sure that we, you know, had enough food, you know, just for the couple of days that we had in there as well, too. Um, but then as they aged and grew bigger, we, and they ate more food, that we realized that they also have to start carrying a little bit more. So Zoe just started that in the past couple of years. Um, and Sam just started as well too. So I think one of the lessons learned was we were on a backpacking trip and underestimated that our kids actually eat more than what oh, we no. thought. And so <laughs> we brought this food, we packed it in. And they're like, we're so hungry. And so they ate and ate and ate. And Matt and I maybe had like a couple spoonfuls and they, were, and they ate it all. And we were like, okay. We yeah. had we had a couple kind bars. and I think we were out for like four days or something. And, <laughs> I know. And, then, and pretty much, you know, uh, I always like to have a little bit of extra, extra yeah. food, you know, for emergencies or to come across another person on the trail who's just run out of food or they've had a, you know, accident, animal got something, whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, on that trip, I think. Yeah. Uh, we had not, no crumbs even left. <laughs> Matt and I had bars. <laughs> it was really great. Well, I, mean, I mean, worst case scenario, um, I mean, a person can go a very long time without mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst case scenario. <laughs> but Matt, I, I give kudos to Matt. Matt has been um, really patient, I think, in this family journey and has made lists after lists, and our lists kind of grow a little bit every year. But he has a baseline list, and 
Um, he's, he is a camping guru. Like he will look up things that are lightweight or transitioned. I mean, we all sleep in the same tent still. And, um, so yeah, I mean, he, he is really a great planner with all that. And it's made it very, um, comfortable and, and fun and easy, user friendly for all of us now to be able to be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to start the food now. You don't have to do anything this time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think little by little. You know, just starting small, mm-hmm. starting small and little by little, giving them more and more responsibility to carry their own things or even to participate in the planning mm-hmm. of things. You know, like in the past couple of years, my daughter and son have both planned their meals. You know, I basically sit down with them, we grab a piece of paper and we say, all right, we need breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. What do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about it. You know, we'll be like, well, is it really reasonable to bring a gallon of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they sit down and they participate, even just over the years, giving them you know, plenty of opportunity to help. Um, I think sometimes, you know, as a parent, it's easy just to sort of get in this mode that I'm just going to get the tent set up and be done with it so that we can sit and relax. But just remembering that that's a learning process for the kids too and learning how to put a stake in or how to do a guideline on the tent or learning how to light a match or pick a lighter and how to build a fire, how to, you know, do all these kind of things, you know, how to assess where a good camp location is. So you have, if it rains, you're not going to be swamped and things like that. So little by little by little, they would just sort of learn, I think, partly by watching and partly by intentionally teaching them things and giving them greater responsibility over time. And so I think, you know, over time, it's become a, a lot more um, a lot more relaxing for me, mm-hmm. I think, because everybody really pitches in. And, um, because they want to. to. Because they really yeah, want to. Yeah, like they want to. Yeah. I think two of the highlights for the kids, too, is... I don't even remember what age, but they earned a camping knife. And that was a very big deal. Like Matt would teach them, like, this is the safety and you have to demonstrate before you get one. And they worked so hard. And that was a big accomplishment for both of them. Um, They did. And it's not totally about age. You know, I look mm -hmm. at it more on the maturity of the child. And the kids really like hammocks. And that has been a really fun thing as well they they use they set up their own hammocks and they hang out and that's kind of our night entertainment or day entertainment as well um but matt's been really good about i think even the safety piece so all our backpacks have whistles on them but then we also all have to wear bright orange whistles around our neck and i and i laugh but it's true i mean you you know have to make sure you plan for everything even if you go out for a day hike you kind of want to over, you know, one of the adults, right? Overpack a little bit with headlamps and fire starters and, you know, just in case you never know, you know, what could happen. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we always, we always practice good safety. I think especially mm-hmm. when you're going out with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm not quite as concerned about it now. Um, but, you know, going out solo mm-hmm. with the kids, you know, on our one-on-ones, I always had in the back of my mind, you know, what are we going to mm-hmm. do? You know, if something happens to me, if I fall and I get my head and I'm unconscious or something, and here I am with my five-year-old daughter in the middle of the woods on a trail, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so 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 I think safety is always in the back of my mind, whether it's, you know, making sure we have a paper map and a compass along with the GPS on our phones, as well as having a whistle, as well as always having, you know, multiple forms of fire, as well as, mm-hmm. you know, all those things, making sure we have the clothing for changes in weather, which can happen really rapidly depending on where you are. And um, making sure that you always let somebody know where you are so that, uh, you know, if time goes by and they haven't heard from you, they can give a call. So, 
So I think that we're always practicing good safety whenever we go out with the kids. No matter how deep we're going, whether we're going out for four days and we're three or four or five miles into the woods where it's a long hike out, or whether it's an hour in, we always know where people are. And water. And water. Yeah, yeah. and that's really good about Fire, that. water, and shelter. Straw. <laughs> yeah, the, the life straw. Or Now we all know how to do the, the water uh, little chemical reaction thing. Oh, yeah. 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 I, stopped, I stopped using a water filter. Yeah, and that's fun. I mean, those are fun tasks for the kids um, because they get down by water and, you know, as you can wash the dishes now. <laughs> <laughs> or if you have to bathe, you're in like this super kind of cold river, but it's super fun. And Now, if only we could get them excited about the dishes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Man, exactly. I, I love to hear you say that because that's something that I, I harp on a lot. And just recently, you know, we, my wife and I, without the kids went to the Grand Canyon and we did a through hike with some folks who were at varying fitness levels and, and they thought I was crazy for, you know, having aspirin in case of a heart attack, having a tow rope in case someone can't get themselves out, mm-hmm. um, having a tourniquet, you know, mm-hmm. just in case. And, uh, and I, I don't know if they thought I was crazy, but I, I felt like, you know, Maybe I felt a little crazy. Maybe I was bringing that judgment to myself. Uh, but, you know, it just since having kids, I've I've had to save our son from drowning. Um, just recently, I stopped a, a dog attack on a child, which is was a little crazy. Um, but you realize, like, the unexpected is the unexpected for a reason, right? Because you, you don't expect it. And so, I, you know, I, I hear you talk about you know, being safe and being prepared. But I think for, for a lot of people, that's sort of a, just a vague concept, right? And and knowing exactly what to do to be prepared or to keep their kids safe is really a big barrier for them going out. So what would you say are the essentials for when you're thinking about keeping your kids safe? <laughs> you're the oh, oh. <laughs> um, I, I always think um, the biggest thing is I, I make it fun. Right. I think that's the first and foremost. Like we don't want the kids to go and be like scared. Right. We don't. I Zoe used to be scared to like hike ahead because mm-hmm. she was afraid of, you know, a bear or, you know, something that was going to come out. And, and we, you know, wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. Like being outdoors is supposed to be fun and relaxing. And um, we're in Minnesota, so there's not too many crazy <laughs> Crazy critters. So the safety piece, I think, is first and foremost just making it fun and, and kind of an educational piece with the kids. Like, here's your whistle, you know, and this is the only times we use it because, you know, you don't want to cry wolf either. So um, and those pieces, um, always having water, that's always fun. So one of the neat things that we do, too, um, which might not be as neat now with the kids, but uh, we used to stop at gas stations and be like, okay, we're going to pick out our, our bottle, but it, they might pick out a Gatorade bottle, right? Or something that we just don't normally have at home or something. And so they get to drink that, um, you know, and then once that's empty, we'd fill it with our filtered water. But we also brought those little flavored things too. So the kids, you know, just making that piece fun. So, you know, water and, you know, safety sound. Um, and then obviously, as you can make fire starters at home, which Matt did a couple of times with the kids. And then we would bring that, you know, on our hikes as well, too, because like, oh, look, we get to use our fire starter that we made. Um, and just and kind of how to safely make fires. Um, 
and the kids always set up our tent as well too, like who gets to sleep where, and they still do that. Um, uh, so that's kind of fun. They take ownership of that piece when we're you know, tent camping and, and they can decide where they want to sleep next to each other or next to mom or dad or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and headlamps. I don't know. I always think the kids really enjoyed those pieces too. Because, you know, out in the middle of the night, if you have to get up and get out, um, I remember Matt and the kids at one point just being goofy and howling like a wolf, right? So just kind of knowing that safe and exciting outside, but you can also see amazing stars and comets. And I mean, it's just kind of exploring and, and sharing that with the kids too. Yeah, I like where you did that, you know, too, just kind of say that these are things that can help them feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have a knife, if they have fire, if they have their water, whistle, if they yeah. have, you know, their special Kool-Aid water or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, all those kind of things. But also in the background, you know, some of those things are also, you know, safety from a real perspective. Like, for example, um, kids don't manage their water intake mm-hmm. the same way adults do. So if you can make drinking water fun, either by having a special water bottle or a special sort of, you know, Kool-Aid mix or something that they don't get to have at home, but they can have it with a can. Or, you know, sometimes kids really like to drink out of, like, a uh, camelback type thing. So they've got the, you know, you know, hose that hangs over their shoulder and they can kind of, you know, take a drink whenever they want to. So I think that making that fun is also a safety thing, too, because it keeps mm-hmm. them hydrated. Um, and so... Uh, so, so, you know, little things like that and making sure that, you know, they're eating enough food because eating enough food keeps you safe when you're having snacks throughout the day to try to make sure that you're eating before you're hungry because when you start to get hungry, that's when you start to get tired. When you get tired, you start to make mistakes and mistakes can be dangerous, you know, and those kind of things. So there's the basic self-care things. I think that we can teach our kids to be safe just by taking care of themselves and making good decisions in those ways and monitoring that. But I think, um, you know, what I like, what Kristen said too is just, like not scaring them about being out in the woods, right? We don't want to. We don't want to make it seem like you need to have all this stuff because it's a really dangerous and scary place, and anything could go wrong at any time. It's it's really not, you know. It's really a beautiful and wonderful place, but you need to be prepared for the things that can happen, and therefore we're going to make plans to be ready for the things that could potentially happen. The common things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Does that makes sense. Well, and they, you know, but we all, you know, on the, I, you know, we always add like a first aid kit. You know, basic things like that. We always have, like, you know, aspirin and Advil and, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. bring a cold pack or we'll have, you know, things for diarrhea, you know, or just, just anything, you know. Those, you know, I have a whole kid. I don't have a list in my mind right now. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that you pointed out a lot of what seem like mundane things, right? Like, like headlamps. So I had uh, a friend of mine on the podcast uh, maybe a couple months ago and she is a mountain rescuer like in in arizona you volunteer to Mm -hmm. do that so it's not like she's paid but i mean she does it and you devote a lot of time to doing it and she does a lot of crazy like just really wild things in the outdoors lots of uh, you know trail running through the grand canyon kind of stuff and when I asked her, you know, what was the scariest situation you've been in? It wasn't some big wild thing that she had planned. She was on a, a very common hike that people in Arizona do all the time. It's up Mount Humphreys, which is a dormant volcano. And she got to the top and you know, another hiker said, hey, there's this other route. You could totally get it done with an extra two hours. And it wound up being something like an extra six. And she was in 
in the wilderness of Air, of Northern Arizona in the dark without a cell phone, without a headlamp and without food. And that, that was her scariest moment. And I think it always strikes me that it's ne it's never the stuff you expect. It's never the big stuff. It's always those little things, those little mistakes. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you guys seem very prepared um, have you had any scary situations where you've had to use some of that knowledge? I, I feel lucky. I, I, I don't think so. We've had, I mean, the kids have fallen. Um, or Zoe backed up into like a fire pit once, you know, but nothing like major um, where we had to like hustle out. Um, Matt, Matt thinks he's a pigeon. So most of the time where we have a good direction, sometimes we go a little astray. Um, but nothing where we've been caught un unprepared, I guess. So, especially with the kids, I don't even think with ourselves. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. I think definitely as a family, we've never been mm -hmm. in a situation. You know, we've had little situations. Mm -hmm. You know, where you know we get a little turned around or something, but you just gotta kind of stop and look and kind of figure it out real quick. But you know, it was nothing major. Mm -hmm. um, so we feel lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel lucky. All our, our adventures are, are good so far. You know, or I don't know, maybe it's not luck. Maybe part of it is just good planning. I mean, yeah. We always know our routes. We always That's have true. backup plans. Mm -hmm. You know, plan A, plan B for getting out of places if we need to. Um, most of the areas we go are, you know, we're, we're never off trail. You know, so most of the trails we go on are pretty well marked. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, my, my, my actually, my biggest my biggest fear that I've never realized is getting lost, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess I have been out on a trip on my own once where I wasn't with the kids. And I remember just, I saw something cool on a, on a map and I walked off the trail into the woods, maybe a hundred yards and a hundred yards was enough to, I, I, I had a hard time finding my way back to the trail. You know, I was just far enough off the trail and it looked familiar and, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I should have followed advice that I've heard from many people that even if you're walking off the trail for a little while just to find a campsite or just to go to the bathroom or something, make sure you take out your compass and, and you follow it because things like this happen. You know, there was a story about a hike on the Appalachian Trail a few years ago that got lost and they didn't get found for like seven days and they were only 35 yards off the trail or something like that. You know, and so, so I think there was a situation like that once, but. But otherwise, with the family, I've never. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I think that, I mean, if I think about our journey, right, um, it, we did a lot of silly things. And by silly, I mean, we made a lot of bad choices early on, right? We, we took all the big risks before we had kids. And so we we at least knew what to be aware of. You know, I, I can tell all these stories that in retrospect, I'm like, why did that even happen? Like I have fallen down a Canyon face more than once, <laughs> um, you know, what choices did I have to make to get there? You got to wonder. Um, but you know, you get, once you do enough of those, assuming you, you make it through them, which thankfully, you know, we all, we all have, uh, you know, you're, you're aware that that can happen for your kids too. And I think there's a little bit of pulling back with kids, especially, um, and I, I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're right to say that doing it well from the get go, I think has probably helped keep you from having those situations. Right. Cause, uh, 
Uh, there's some, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it involves words. I, 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 I would tell my kids not to say, but something about planning in the military, right? Bad planning and bad performance. Um, but the, the, the opposite <laughs> is true too. So, um, good on you guys for being so prepared. Now, I, I know that when we were, uh, you know, when we've chatted before, we, we talked about your dog sledding adventure and, and I'd be remiss to not bring that up here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so in 2020, uh, in the heart of COVID and pandemic, we had a Mexico trip that got pandemic. Um, but in, in healthcare, I mean, especially during that time, we wanted to still honor our time off. Um, and we're looking for something to do uh, in Minnesota. And I just started kind of perusing the website and I was like, oh, Ely, renegade dog sledding. Let's let's look at that. And then it turned into kind of a rabbit hole of and investigating a little bit more what that involved. Like because you could do half day trips, day trips, and all of a sudden I stumbled upon a four day all inclusive winter camping dog sledding trip. And I was like, click. Sign me up. <laughs> and then I, then I had to tell Matt, I was like, Matt, this is what we're doing. He's like, what? Like, I think I took him by surprise um, a little bit. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> not, not because of doing that, but just because I think of winter camping, right? It's like we had never done that. Um, and I think the thing that I took to was, one, you know, in the beautiful outdoors in, in Minnesota in February, um, you're kind of hit or miss with temps, but there, it was a guided, uh, guided dog sledding. So we had guides with us the whole time. Our kids were little, they were the youngest that they had ever taken. Um, and no, I think one of the only reasons they did accept Sam, was he seven? Yeah. Seven and nine uh, was because we had done all of this um, backpacking because they, you know, you have to kind of be fit and you have to be okay, you know, kind of running side by side next to the dog sometimes with the sled or help push the sled a little bit. Um, and, and the conditions can be really harsh. Yeah. So. And so we, we started doing, I was a little nervous because I was not sure what to expect with winter camping, um, with food and water and, um, bathroom. But again, knowing it was, kind of a guided um, option that they would probably, you know, have that down to a science, which they did, which was really amazing. Uh, but we were in a private group, so we had um, four days to ourselves with two dog sleds. And the way it worked is the guides would cross-country ski because that's who the dogs would follow. And Matt and I each took a kid on our sled, and uh, we had a little bit of orientation before and then we, we took off. <laughs> so, and these dogs are pretty amazing. They're um, Canadian Inuit dogs. So it's a little bit different breed than Huskies. They're a lot more, um, I think, heftier and uh, fast. I mean, they, they, they are outdoors all the time. So, and that was really fun. And uh, once we kind of, we would go over all these, very um various terrain but it's mostly terrain that we don't ever get to go across in minnesota because in the winter like bogs are frozen right and 
All the rivers are frozen. Yeah, everything's frozen. So we were kind of in this untouched part of, of Minnesota, which was pretty amazing. And uh, we covered lots of miles. I don't even know how many miles a day we did. I think I think the whole, all four days, I think we did like 80, 80 miles. Yeah. And, uh, but we would always come back and circle back to our camp at night. So it was a canvas tent. Um, a hot tent. So we had, yeah. we had a wood burning stove inside the tent. Yeah. It had straw. Um, we each had a bivy. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, and we, and it was kind of fun too. We, you could heat up your water by the, the fire that we started every night and then put it in your sleeping bag for the night. And we slept so well. It was, it was warm and, the coolest thing with winter camping too is that you uh, can bring whatever food you want. I mean, it's it's refrigerated. It's cool. You could bring a carton of eggs, you know, and your dogs will pull it for you. <laughs> um, you don't have to worry about bugs. We didn't have to worry about critters because we have all these dog sleds, dogs that are you know sleeping just outside our tent. Um, and uh, so yeah. it was it was super neat. We had to go and drill our um, Right, the ice hole. Yeah, yeah. Drill to get water from the lake, and these are fun things that kids did. Uh, it was, it was pretty magical. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. I highly recommend it. Yeah, very cool. And who who did you go with? Who was the outfitter? Yeah, Win- uh, Wintergreen. Win- yeah, Wintergreen. Um, dog sledding. They're in, they're in Ely, and Ely is a is a really popular area for for dog sledding. Um, but I know the, you know, and this isn't a, I guess necessarily a plug. We don't get paid every day for no. talking about it. But it, you know, we had done some research on different places, and and Evergreen really, I think, really just winter, wintergreen had a really good, good outfit, and um, and there's a little bit of added, I guess, uh, celebrity that Paul Shirky, who owns Wintergreen, um, also uh, um, is a friend of Will Steegers, who, you know, anybody knows Will Steegers, he uh, has a lot of dog sled trips um, on. The North Pole and did the first, you know, guided their uh, first unsupported dog sled trip to the North Pole that's ever been done, and things. And he's done big expeditions with uh, National Geographic and other things and whatnot. So, so it was kind of fun. You know, we knew that we were with somebody who ran a good organization who was very, very experienced. He's been doing this for a long time and he's been in other remote and extreme parts of the world doing this. So we figured it was a pretty safe place to do it, and it was really, really high quality. So. And he was there. Yeah, and he was there. I mean, he's still there and runs us. And so that was kind of a really neat, you know, experience as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was great. So I don't, I think if we were to winter camp, I know we, we were kind of like, we should winter camp all the time. <laughs> but I, again, that requires a whole different gear, you know, and, and set of equipment, I think. So, yeah, I don't think it's out of the question. No. I mean, I, I yeah. think that, that camping in any season, um, in any weather can be comfortable mm-hmm. as long as you have the right gear and you know how to use your gear and you plan for it. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so um, before we wrap up, there are a lot of folks who, you know, listening to this, they have kids, they love the outdoors, the kids love the outdoors. Um, they might spend a lot of time hiking, uh, doing, you know, sort of short day trips, uh, but you know, we've covered a lot of ground here, everything from uh, backpacking with little kids to, you know, dog sledding during winter, winter camping to safety for folks who may not be able or may not be as comfortable transitioning from time outdoors into adventures outdoors. 
what would you say to those parents? How, how can they get started having really great adventures as a family? I, I think one of the things is, and one of the things that helped me transition uh, with the kids is local. Like we started someplace really close and nearby, um, like Afton. And uh, so if we had to, right, if it really just wasn't going to happen that night, that's okay. You know, we could come home. But I think it's just the experience starting um, and trying. And even if it doesn't work out, it doesn't need to be like a negative you know, experience be like, okay, next time we're going to do this and we'll, we'll bring this this time. And I think it'll work out better. Right. Um, I think still making it fun and, and learning from that. So starting off close to nearby helped, helped me a lot with that transition, even with a backpacking piece, because they had a, a backpacking site, not far either. <laughs> so I was like, if I can't do it, we're coming home. And I, and we ended up doing it. So and amidst a huge storm that night. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> you guys made it. <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh. Oh, and the rain. We danced in the rain. See, so we made we made the most of it. That's totally that's correct. Yeah. You know, and I would totally just reiterate that starting small. Um, but also just to reframe what is an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, an adventure doesn't have to be multi-day, you know, into you know, the backcountry or something, an adventure can be at a local park just on a day trip or something like that. Um, you know, so I think that that's really important to keep in mind is that adventure is whatever we make of it. I think more than, you know, what the actual thing is that we do. Um, but by and large, definitely start small, mm-hmm. you know, start local, get a, you know, get a handle on kind of your own abilities, I think, as a parent and your own skills as a parent and figure out where you're at and then be able to kind of start from there as you then kind of relay some of that skill to your kids but then also by and large making sure that it's fun because you don't ever want to have your expectations be out of line with what your kids are able to do and ready to do in that moment i mean kids are always able to do more than we're willing to give them credit for you know i've read a lot about kids who are very young done really extraordinary things and so I don't think it's so much about age. I think it's more about, you know, how we set it up with the kids. And and I think that uh, by doing it small and having lots of fun and building slowly before you go out into some bigger things can be really helpful. Yep, that, that time. Fresh air therapy. Get <laughs> and out. I, and I didn't this one, but I always love this term vitamin N, yeah. you know, for vitamin nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, guys. That's a that's a great way to end. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for joining me today. I know this is going to help a lot of folks. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Bob.